Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome into the Scoop Podcast, part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by Don Callahan. And this podcast is brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt and johnnytshirt.com. Right, welcome into the scoop, the number one UNC football recruiting podcast in the world. Brought to you by GiantT-shirt.com and part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. I'm your host Ross Martin, joined as always by Don Callahan. What's going on, Don? Not too much. It's been a long time since we've done a uh, scoop. What have you been up to? I guess it's been it's been probably about a month. Just yeah, longer than that. I was going to say that because I think our last one was right before National Signing Day. Right? Yeah, we did the preview for National Signing Day and then we did the live stream. The live show, yeah. Um, and so I guess we took a little break, you know, kind of reset with the class of 22 in the bank and now moving on to the class of 2023. Um, so, yeah, it has been a while and we got hit up to do another podcast. Reached out to Don. He was, he was excited as always. So here we are. Um, make sure. Well, you what have ra- you been up to? I mean, we had Christmas. We had New Year's. Um, watching a little basketball. What did you do for New Year's? Uh, I watched football. I watched college football. <laughs> yeah. I, that's what I, I, I had a buddy, buddy come over for a little bit. And uh, we watched football. And then I went to bed at 1130. Really? Yeah. I got, I got no time for New Year's. Okay. Um. Yeah, dude, dry January. Um, you know, it's cold. Dude, it's been cold recently, man. Got some it snow has been. here. It's been cold in the mornings, of course, doing the morning workouts, morning runs, no big deal. It's been like 25, 30 degrees in the mornings. Um, and just watching, you know, basketball, UNC basketball is kind of a roller coaster ride, good games and bad games. And and then we had some basketball, we had some football news too. We had some coaching changes and all that good stuff. We're gonna get into it all. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. And if you want to watch us on YouTube, um, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube page. Okay, Don, how are you feeling? You know, break down the show here. You ready? Oh, how I are am, you? What's going on with you? I'm good. Quickly. I'm good. Just, uh, yeah, normal stuff, you know, dad stuff, uh, dealing with the same stuff you're dealing with, with all the changes, um, catching my breath with some of that stuff for the junior day, which we'll get into. Yeah, man, that's basically it. I, side question. Have we ever, have you ever considered, because I know some of the other guys do the, the live stream for yeah. their, like this live on like YouTube. Mm-hmm. We've never talked about that. Have you considered? Yeah, that? Uh, I've never considered it. No, but we could do it. I mean, we did, we've done a live show, but yeah. I'm not sure the tech on that. We could, we could maybe do it. I don't know if there's enough interest. All right. Okay. Good question. Good question though. All right. Yeah, so, if, let- so if there's interest, make sure you let us know. And in, in the, uh, on the message board. Yeah, this, but, this and also we record during the day and often in the mornings, and, you know, people work and stuff, but um, we can figure out the tech. We can figure it out. All right. So let's get through the show here. It's going to be, I think, you know, USC football is kind of at a crossroads. Um, and I think that not only applies to the team, but also recruiting. And so we're going to get into that. You know, I mean, the big news is the parting of ways between Jay Bateman and, and Jovan DeWitt with UNC replaced by uh, new defensive coordinator Gene Chizik and co-defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach Charlton Warren. So we're going to discuss that. Additionally, uh, Billy High, who was UNC's general manager, he was in charge of recruiting, in charge of roster management, um, in charge of the transfer portal. And and honestly, um, Mac Brown's right-hand man left last week, a couple days ago, actually, for uh, Tennessee, his, his, Almater and where he's from in Knoxville. So um, that's a big change for UNC recruiting and UNC's uh, kind of football team. So that's another kind of big situation that we're all kind of working through and dealing with. We're going to discuss uh, UNC's junior day, 
of last weekend and get into 2023 recruiting. You know, I don't know a lot of the um, recruits. Uh, of course, Don knows m- most of them. So we're going to kind of get some names out and look forward to the other um, junior days that are on the horizon. And then we're going to get to any and all uh, transfer news. They keep you abreast of what's going on there. Um, in addition to the kind of some conversation of players who have transferred out of North Carolina, who have landed at some other schools, I think it's kind of an interesting conversation to look at. And then we'll, we'll wrap uh, the show. Uh, no top five this week. The top five for next week is the next time we record, which will probably be in two weeks, will be the top five wish list for the 2023 class. So who are you as UNC fans, UNC football recruiting fans, who are you looking forward um, to getting in the 2023 class? Who do you think, you know, uh, realistic targets, your, your top targets, the 2023 class? Don, thoughts? I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking a lot. Anything else? No, I'm just, uh, um, I'm, I'm just happy to get rolling with all this stuff. All right. Trying, awesome. to get some, trying to get some coffee in my veins. Yeah, that's right here. Cheers. Cheers. Can we do this? If you're looking on YouTube, we both have the Inside Carolina podcast mugs. One of my favorite mugs. All right. Awesome, guys. So let's get into it. So Gene Chizik and Charlton Warren. Um, actually, let's start. Let's rewind. Losing Jay Bateman and Javon DeWitt. Don, what did you think when that news broke? We were kind of, uh, you know, we, we kind of knew there were rumblings. When they parted ways, and it was a legitimate parting of ways between Bateman and Mac Brown and UNC, what were your initial thoughts? So the, the reasoning wasn't for recruiting purposes, and that's kind of my niche, obviously. So from that standpoint, I thought, you know, UNC was losing in Bateman a really good recruiter, one of the better defensive co- – one of the better coordinator recruiters that, that you'll find – in the, in the entire nation, you know, cause oh. most, 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 well, mo- here's, here's the thing. Most coordinators don't do a whole lot of recruiting and, and that's, that's important to, to mention. Um, and so, um, and Bateman recruited like he was a position coach, which, which was, which was pretty big. Now the decision obviously was football for football purposes. I'm actually curious. And I know this is a recruiting show. I want to get your take though, because to me, I, I mean, to me, I, I felt like just watching games, obviously the defense wasn't very good at times, mm-hmm. but the offense wasn't very good at times. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and the special teams wasn't very good at times. And then if you break it down even further into the different elements, the offensive line, the secondary and all that sort of stuff, I, I'm just surprised that that was the one, one decision. What was like from, from your standpoint, because this was a football decision, this wasn't a recruiting decision. So um, how did, what were your thoughts? Yeah, first let's let's go back a bit uh, on his recruiting, because um, he has landed a, a lot of the the bigger players on UNC's defense. Um, I'm just going to list them here, and then we'll get into that question because that is an important question. So he was the primary recruiter on Keyshawn Silver. Did he have a? Was that his guy? Massive a massive role in that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me know if anything you think he's not kind of didn't have a big role with Desmond Evans. He was a secondary recruiter on that. Mm-hmm. Who was primary on Desmond? Um, oh, that was your guy. Um, oh God, how forget his freaking Tim Brewster. Oh yeah. 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 Tim Brewster was, uh, he, he lived in, in Stanford, North Carolina during that time. Tim Brewster had an all time tweet recently. Did he? Uh, we love Tim Brewster on here. <laughs> um, I, I do. I do. All right. Here's Tim Brewster tweet. I don't have to dot, dot, dot. I get to dot, dot, dot. I'm so blessed to be a ball coach, exclamation point, exclamation point. I'm just so jacked for what's next, exclamation point, exclamation point. And I believe Tim Brewster, he's no longer um, on the Florida staff, was where he left UNC mm-hmm. for. So he spent two years at, at Yeah, where Florida. is he? He'll find think, someplace, but. Yeah, I don't think he's, he's waiting for what's next. Um, gotcha. he's, so that was an all-time tweet. I mean, Tim Brewster's Twitter is electric. All right, moving on. Desmond Evans, Andre Green, uh, a Richmond guy. He was a secondary recruiter on that. Ra-Ra Dilworth, of course, that's an offensive guy. Ra-Ra Dilworth, he was the primary recruiter on Ra-Ra. He was the primary recruiter on Jacorius Conley. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I know he had a good relationship with, with Jacorius Conley. Shout out Mr. Conley, who is active on the message boards. Uh, primary recruiter on Kedrick Bingley-Jones, a high-ranked kid out of, out of Charlotte. Primary recruiter on Malachi Hamrick. 
These are all in order of their ranking, I believe. Uh, Secondary mm-hmm. recruiter on Cameron Roseman Sinclair. Secondary recruiter on Gabe Stevens. Secondary recruiter on Dontavious Nash. These are some guys who haven't seen the field yet. Primary recruiter on Marcus Allen, who's a 2022 guy. Primary recruiter on Eugene Asante, Virginia guy. Bryce yeah, that, yeah, I don't know if that one, but but we'll roll with it. Yeah. Uh, Bryson Jennings, secondary. Um, goes on and on. Don, Don Chapman, uh, Tamir Brown, Caleb Hood, DJ Jones. Um, so, you know, some big names. That's about it. Uh, AJ Beatty, who's transfer already. So, yeah. So, just to say that um, he, he was an active recruiter. So, you're losing that when you lose defensive coordinator Jay Bateman. Um, your question about him as a defensive coach, it's tough, man. I mean, look, yeah, the defense was not good. And, uh, and that ultimately falls on the defensive coordinator, right? I mean, someone has to take the blame. I think there was a, a lot of um, behind the scenes, a lot of issues with the defensive coaching staff uh, and the communication between Bateman and some of the position coaches. I think that's been kind of evident on the boards. Um, and I, I don't know if, you know, I think there were some issues with kind of Max guys and, and, and Bateman and, and the, the lack of, of not going out and getting different defensive assistants. Um, I don't want to say too much, but I don't know if you got that vibe as well. Yeah, I definitely got the vibe that maybe this wasn't just strictly because, because they definitely use, they use the term mutually parting ways. And I think that's kind of, that's accurate right there uh, yeah. because I think there Myers. was, good, good. I think um, there was some disconnect with with certain things, which which comes when you know a lot of these guys that were underneath Bateman um, were, with the exception of Dewitt, who who left with him, um, were kind of picked. Basically, like Bateman didn't pick those guys; they were kind of given to Bateman, and so yeah. that's difficult when you're trying to run a certain system. Everybody has different mentality. And then on top of that, I can imagine that it might be difficult to be in a situation where you're supposed to be over top of guys like Dre Bly and Tommy Thickman. And I'm not saying, you know, whatever, I probably probably going down a rabbit hole. I shouldn't. But um, but those guys obviously have very strong connections with Mac Brown. And maybe there's some sort of feeling of. Um, you know, the hierarchy not being set properly. Um, I I think, yeah, I think we've said a lot enough that there was just disconnect between Bateman and the defensive coaches, which, which could have led to some of the defensive issues and Mm -hmm. the lack of kind of teamwork and working together on that side of the ball. And I think this was going on for multiple years. I I heard rumblings of, of kind of some issues with the defensive coaching staff heading into this season. Yeah. Um, And the, and the thing too is, is like it, it, and I, I'm sure it probably was going on for multiple years. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it. So, so if it was, obviously it doesn't peek its head out when you're winning and things are going well, when you have a crappy season, that's when all the ugly stuff starts to kind of be like, you know, come, come to, I guess, the surface a little bit. Yeah. And it sucks. I mean, I like Jayman, Jay Bateman as a, as a person and I liked covering him. Um, and, you know, I, I hope, I, I thought and hoped the defensive system would work. I thought it was an exciting brand of defense. I just don't know if it ever got to the point where it was, I mean, obviously clearly this season, especially it just wasn't effective, but we saw flashes against NC state against mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, you know, for multiple quarters in both those games, they played great defense. You were seeing it beginning to work. It, it, I guess kind of ran out of time. Obviously did not work against South Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. There are some big issues against Georgia tech, Florida state, South Carolina, um, where the defense did not show up and had issues with a mobile quarterback and with the run game. Um, but they were getting his players in. You would think that the defensive talent is going to kind of be at its best next year when Miles Murphy is a junior, Desmond Evans is a junior, Jacorius Conley, Tony Grimes are juniors, again, Kedrick Bingley-Jones, uh, K.J. Hester, uh, Cedric Gray. I mean, some of the top players are, are one more year experience. You do lose a, a good amount of um, experience with Trey Morris and Tamon Fox, especially uh, Jeremiah Gimmel, Ravo Hasek. So, Use a lot on defense, but some of your best players are going to be juniors and seniors. Okay. Yeah. Now, I guess my concern is, is like, all right, great. You did this. The offense wasn't good either. Special teams, you can say maybe with a new coordinator because um, Javon DeWitt was the special teams coordinator, and now they've moved uh, Larry Porter over there, and, and he has a lot of experience as a coordinator, so maybe that get, that's improves. Um, but I wonder what 
I wonder how the offense is going to improve with the same coaches. Um, but you have a brand new quarter quarterback. Um, yeah, I know, think, and, I think the offense yeah. takes a step back next year. Uh, new quarterback. I mean, Sam Howell is a once in 20 year quarterback. Yeah. Um, so no Sam Howell, you're going to have, uh, either um drake may or jacoby criswell um you losing your three best offensive linemen um you know the defense o- offensive linemen i say offensive defense offensive linemen offensive linemen weren't great but you lose your three best um <laughs> uh jordan tucker marcus oh. mckeithen and joshua zudu just trying to remember all these names so those three guys opted for the draft um and then you lose um that's about it. You know, you, you, add, you also lose Ty Chandler, who was probably yeah. the sec, well, probably the third best offensive weapon. Yeah. So you, you, you lose two of your three top offensive weapons. Josh Downs, the one coming back. And you add, you had two good running backs in George Petaway and Amari Hampton and Andre mm-hmm. Green. So I think skill position wise, it'll be okay. But a, a new rookie quarterback um, who hasn't started, hasn't played at all, uh, or hasn't played much. Um, and then, um, uh, you're getting a whole new offensive line. I mean, Lyman, we haven't seen play. Caden Baker, you know, um, I would think Ed Montillas could start. William Barnes, you got to find a center, maybe Brian Anderson or, or Corian Johnson or, or even a, a grad transfer. They got a grad transfer from Miami, Corey Gaynor, you know, looking at a Harvard gra- a grad transfer as well. So a lot of different moving pieces. Uh, losing Javon DeWitt, does that affect recruiting at all? I mean, not – not many, not many recruits mentioned. It was funny because actually, um, what was the, the one I talked to recently? Um, actually, uh, oh, we're going to talk about the Desmond Uma Zulu. If yeah. I'm pronouncing his last name. He actually mentioned DeWitt. And that kind of surprised me a little bit because not many recruits prior to him mentioned DeWitt to me. Not that he wasn't doing what he's supposed to. I think some of it was, some of this stuff is, is like, where are you located at? And, you know, he had South Florida and North Carolina wasn't re- going to recruit South Florida. He also had like an awful area of, of North Carolina. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's just difficult. And, and, and he didn't have a very good area. And I think he has some of Virginia too. So it's difficult when you, when you don't have players in those areas, but um, he did some specialist recruiting, but UNC, Hadn't signed a specialist during his tenure and um, you know, the edge rusher stuff. He was involved with some of those guys, in, yeah. you know, um, but really, you know, Bateman or the area recruiter usually would handle the majority of those recruitments. Yeah. He is, uh, was designated to Malachi Hamrick is a primary on Bo Atkinson and the primary on Bryson Jennings. All right. So you lose Des- um, Javon DeWitt and Larry Porter is named the special teams coach now. So Air Porter will have running backs and special teams. And um, you bring in Gene Chizik and Charlton Warren, who coached at UNC for two years in 2015 and 16, were brought in after the 2014 season, kind of rescue UNC's defense. I covered recruiting when these guys were around. You covered recruiting. I wasn't with Inside Carolina yet. Uh, we both covered uh, recruiting with Gene Chizik and Charlton Warren. I covered the team. Um, let's get your opinion on, on what those guys bring from a recruiting uh, perspective. So yeah, I did, I broke a lot of this down in a scoop, not this past week, but the week prior. And at, at the time that Chiswick was here the first time around, you know, this, you know, he, his, his life situation was way different. You know, his son was in high school. And so he wasn't as active. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, coordinators aren't, typically your best recruiters. And so he wasn't as active as even a typical recruiter, a, a typical coordinator was just because he was always going back home to spend time with his family, which is completely understandable. Um, from a recruiting standpoint, the biggest impact is, is Warren, who his first time around North Carolina was an absolute workhorse. You know, I broke down, I think uh, over a third of his first when he, the first, his first class that he was a part of at North Carolina, he was the primary recruiter on a third of, of UNC signees. He also, you know, he signed Taman Fox was the, uh, was the, the um, uh, top, uh, top signee in that class. And he was the primary recruiter for him. He also had a bunch of signees in the, in the following class before he departed for North Car- departed for, I guess, Tennessee. 
Uh, so, I mean, he's an absolute stud. And I think the way, the best way to look at this, for, at least from a recruiting standpoint, probably from a football standpoint, is the trade of Bateman slash um, DeWitt for Chiswick slash Warren. And it probably equals out from a recruiting standpoint, just because Warren is such a great recruiter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at, um, so he left UNC for Tennessee, and then I think he was at Tennessee for one year before going to Florida, and he was at Georgia, and then Indiana is the, is the um, defensive coordinator. But he spent, I think, four or five years in the SEC East, and you're looking at, you know, he's landing four stars left and right. Yeah. Obviously, you're recruiting to Florida and, and, and Georgia, and Georgia's getting those type of players, and it's, you know, obviously a Well, let me, let me, so one of the things I pointed out in my, my scoop was that uh, he, in three consecutive classes, he signed at least one top 100 prospect, and he actually signed two in one of those classes. And that's, that's insane to do for one single person to do consecutively. I mean, that just because I mean, there is luck involved. So, yes, you can have a guy who signs a top 100 guy and just purely luck. But when you're doing it three consecutive years and signed mm-hmm. really three, I'm sorry, signed four within three years, that's not luck. That's, um, that's ability. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the UNC guys he recruited, just for your reference, um, CJ Cotman, remember that? Mm-hmm. It really amounted to nothing, uh, amounted to anything. Uh, Trey Shaw, another transfer. Taman Fox, obviously, multi-year starter at UNC. Zach Gill, transferred. Patrice Renee started and played a good deal before transferring to Rutgers. Miles Dorn was a two- or three-year starter for UNC. I think he's up on the NFL, in the NFL as a practice player. Um, KJ Sales, mayor of uh, mayor of Tampa Bay, um, who ended up transferring but played some at UNC. No fly zone. Miles Warfork, Malik Robinson. God, Malik Robinson, remember him? Yeah, he's funny looking back at these recruitments. Greg Ross, Dominique Ross. Um, you know some good players there. So yeah, I mean, and Nolan DeFranco, your boy Nolan DeFranco. Um, so my boy. <laughs> uh, that was actually a one that Chizik and Warren actually teamed up on. There you go. Nolan DeFranco special. I don't think a guy ever saw the field. Um, he transferred to a, a strange school, I think. Pull up his profile. Um, look, Charles and Warren is a great personality. He he's, you know, he has a military background that kind of comes off a little bit. He's personable, he's direct, he's straight, he's a disciplinarian as a coach. Um, he sets high expectations for his players, he's likable. He's charismatic. I mean, he checks all the boxes when you what, what you want out of a recruiter. So that is definitely a win. And I think he's a great defensive backs coach, too. Yeah. Um, you know, he's gonna so for those wondering, and I've gotten a lot of questions on Twitter and people don't seem to get it. I wrote an article about this and asked and and, and um Warren was asked this also in his press conference. He is going to be coaching all of the secondary. He is the secondary coach, and then underneath him is gonna be Dre Bly, who is only working with the cornerbacks. I imagine they're going to be in the same room, same meeting room a lot, and will only break apart for like particular drills, you know, very civic um, cornerback drills and safety drills. But he is not just a safeties coach. He is coaching the, the defensive backs and secondary as a whole, um, which includes corners and safeties and nickelbacks. And he will have a large role in as being a co-defensive coordinator, working with um, Chizik to, to come to game plan, to scheme, to go and practice plans, all that good stuff. I mean, he is legitimately the COVID defensive coordinator alongside Chizik. Chizik will be calling the plays, though. Um, Chizik as a recruiter, you know, we, we talked about briefly, but, you know, he adds kind of a another type of Mac Brown CEO type recruiter. Yeah. You know, he comes in, he has two national championship rings. He, he's, oh, he's older, he's experienced. You know, he's very charismatic and, and commands respect, and that can be very influential on players. Um, and he's, he's, a, he's a great coordinator. He's a proven coordinator who I think will raise the floor of UNC's defense. Um, you know, he, he's, the defense is going to be better next year, I believe, because it's just going to get to a level. You know, he's going to fix some things, hopefully work on the communication issues between the coaching staff, and just raise the floor of the defense. Um, you know, it's not going to be some crazy, crazy good defense, but it'll be conservative, uh, the bindo break thing. Go back and listen to Shaquille Rashad's quotes. Um, on Taylor Vipolis's podcast, I transcribed a lot of that as well. So uh, he spoke very highly of how Chizik completely came in and completely changed um, how the, the defense worked and just raises the standard expectations. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think just to, 
one point you brought up a couple minutes ago about the, the secondary. I think what needs to be mentioned is that in football nowadays, you don't have four DBs on the field. You typically have five or more. And so you, it is good to have, you know, linebacker, you're sometimes only having one for a good portion of the game. So um, it's good to have multiple coaches kind of coaching that position to, to get a lot done in practice. But uh, yeah, I mean, from um, you know, the, the defense standpoint, I during, when before Chizik came last time, I did a lot of reading up on him. I read his book. I read um, uh, some of the, the clinics that he did and it, and he's really big on making things as simple as possible because then it makes it easier for people to react. So they're not thinking when they're, when they're playing. And maybe that's something that this, uh, th- this defense needs is just to, to simplify things so that they can just do. And, and a lot of those situations, I mean, we could break down every single mistake that has been made this past season. And, and some of them we can look at and say, what was this guy looking at the wrong spot or, or thinking too much, or maybe he just overthought things and, and was in the wrong. I mean, that, that is a legitimate, I guess, problem that can happen. And maybe that ends up, you know, helping UNC this coming season in the defense. Scheme wise, how that affects recruiting. Um, uh, Chizik runs a four, a four, three front, but mm-hmm. it, it, you know, usually now, like you said, it's usually four, two, five with a nickelback. So five mm-hmm. defensive backs, two safeties, two corners, a nickelback two kind of interior uh, linebackers. And then the big change for UNC is going to be, instead of having three down linemen, they're going to have four down linemen with two traditional defensive ends. Uh, we've, we've gone with this before, but usually it's, you know, what, a six, six four to the six, six guy, about 260 to 280 as one defensive end. And then maybe a, a guy that's a little bit slider that can rush the passer. How, how does that change recruiting for UNC given how they've gone off for this very particular type of outside linebacker. And the roster is kind of loaded with these kind of lighter outside linebackers who can cover in a three, four base. What, what changes for UNC there? So I think the one thing is, is, is that yes, runs a four, three, but that's, that's not a defense that you can really run purely right now. Um, so there's going to be some changes. So I'm really curious, hopefully they open up practice during the spring so we can kind of get an idea of just how, you know, what, what the defense actually looks like, but to answer your question, you're going to, you know, he, him and the other defensive coaches are going to take a lot of those quote unquote outside rush outside linebackers and decide, is this guy a four, three outside linebacker, or is this guy a hand in the dirt defensive end? So you're going to see some of that. And so it might be come down to just, can a guy add the weight to play defensive mm-hmm. end? It could come down to, is this guy more of a space guy? We want him in space. Is this guy more of a pure rusher? Is this guy strong enough? Can this guy stand up against the run? All those questions are going to help determine just where guys go. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see some guys start at one position and then move to the other one, and maybe even a couple times just to kind of see where they exactly fit. What I'm curious is, is like, is there some sort of wrinkle in there where he has some sort of a hybrid position not, I have, I have no, no like reason to think that that's the case other than the fact that I feel like he's going to make some changes to his scheme. And I'm wondering if maybe that's one of them, or if he just goes with what you mentioned, the four two five. but, um, but yeah. So, I mean, go back to your question. It, it, I think it's just a matter of seeing where those guys fit outside linebacker or defensive end. Yeah. I think, I, mean, I think you look at the roster. I think a guy like Bo Atkinson and Bryson Jennings are going to be that pure rush hand in the dirt defensive end because yeah. they have the the size, the length, the height, but guys like Malachi Amrick who are a little bit lighter, you know, they might be a tweener right now. Gabe Stevens might be a tweener. Um, you already saw Travion Stevenson transfer um, or into the transfer portal. I think you might see some people transfer. That's the nature of coaching changes. Yeah. Um, who knows? Um, I don't have any info on that, but don't be surprised if some um, more players into the transfer portal, but interesting to see. As I pulled the roster, trying to figure out. Yeah, where, and where I'm looking at this fit. like like Cayman Rucker, like yeah, you would you think him? outside linebacker, but man, you know his best thing is, is coming off the edge. So yeah. what do you do in that situation? Desmond Evans, obviously, I think he's a defensive end. You know, um, he'll have less confusion now. You know, Desmond Evans won't be covering. You know, won't be dropping in coverage. Same with yeah. um, 
with Cayman Rucker. They're going to be pure hand of the dirt pass rushers. But like you mentioned, you know, th- there's some stuff that might change in Gene Chizik's scheme. You know, the game has changed since he last coached um, and definitely since he last coached at Auburn. <clears throat> and so you need more speed on the field. You need more um, linebackers who can cover and, and more defensive backs. So he's an adaptive scheme. He's not an idiot. Um, and so we'll definitely have to see how that changes. Um, okay, anything else on on those topics? The addition of Chizik and Warren, uh, Bateman and, and uh, DeWitt, anything else there? I think we covered it all. Okay, good. We're going to talk about Johnny T-shirt right now. When we come back, we're going to talk about losing Billy High, UNC's general manager, and we're going to talk about UNC's junior day uh, recruits in the 2023 class and any transfer news, so stay tuned for that. First, Johnny T-shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Pull up the website. you got tons of shirts now. you got basketball shirts with specific players. You have Leaky Black, R.J. Davis, Armando Baycott, Dawson Garcia T-shirts. So they're, they're getting some NIL stuff, it looks like, off of that. Of course, sweatshirts, hats. I did most of my shopping for my nieces and nephews at Johnny T-shirt. I walked in the store and bought it. Great selection of sweatshirts. Um, great selection of toys and trinkets. And I also, things. I bought, my daughter asked for, she wanted some college shirts. So mm-hmm. I, this is a true story. I'm not making this up. We, we drove to Chapel Hill, my wife and I, we had, we went and had lunch, went to mm. Johnny t-shirt and, uh, picked out a couple of, uh, UNC shirts for my where, daughter. Where did you eat lunch? We ate lunch at, we tried to go top of the hill, but it was actually closed. Where did we go to lunch at? I can't remember where we went. Jesus. Okay. I remember the whole plan was top of the hill, but they were, this was right before Christmas and they were under construction. Interesting. Yeah. While well, the students are gone. Yeah. So giant t-shirt, giant t-shirt.com. I used the promo code. I walked in there, got the discount. I bought like a basketball thing for my nephew. I could put on the back of the door. I brought um, a, scr- a UNC scrunchie for my niece for you? And, and, a, and a matching game for her. So you got all these things. Uh, get all your UNC stuff at Johnny t-shirt and Johnny t-shirt. Dot com and remember all inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off with the promo code found on both the premium message boards. All right, get some national ads in and we're right back to talk more UNC football recruiting and news related to UNC football. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love. You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we're back. Welcome back to The Scoop. A lot of topics, a lot of good talk about Chiswick and Warren and Bateman and DeWitt. We're now getting some more news, kind of fly by some stuff here. Um, so UNC, Billy High, UNC's general manager, as I said in the intro, has left for, to take a similar job at Tennessee. Don, tell us what Billy High did at UNC. I mean, like everything. <laughs> um, so, so he was, I mean, he really, you mentioned right-hand man for Mac, and that was a big part of it. If, if you were around the program, it's been any time around the program, you would typically see Billy High around Mac Brown. And mm-hmm. Mac Brown would constantly be consulting him for different things. Uh, Billy High oversaw basically everything. And I think, you know, if you try to sum it up, he was just involved with the, the construction of the roster, whatever that may entail, which includes the transfer portal, which includes the recruiting efforts and everything. Um, so he was a major part in the strategy, the game plan. You know, there's a lot of, we, we've talked about just the, you know, when do you have a guy on, you know, for, host him for an official visit? Do you have him the first weekend, the last weekend, or what do you do? You know, Billy High was, was directly involved in those sort of decisions. And so, um, so his fingerprints are all, all over 
these past few classes that North Carolina has signed. He's a major part of what UNC has done recruiting wise. Yeah, and he, he's leadership role in terms of designing the plan for how these recruiting days work, how the yes. camps work, UNC's yes. strategy for recruiting different classes, for where the coaches go, how they yes. plan logistics. I mean, he's in charge of all that in terms of, all right, this coach goes here, this coach goes mm-hmm. there. And then, um, of course, the, the transfer portal was a big part of his. And, of course, the assistants have a role in all this as well. So, you know, a lot of that leadership is still in place with the, with the coaching staff. But Billy High is a massive loss just in terms of they got to find somebody who can do all that and do it well. Billy High was really good at his job, very organized. You talked about him in your, in your scoop, um, a lot of stuff we're talking about now. And UNC also lost another staffer in Steven Rosick. Rosick. Um, so they're losing a lot of their kind of the, the bigger names in their behind-the-scenes recruiting roster management staff. Um, yeah, and effect- I think the thing, the thing with Ruzick, just to, I feel like if Ruzick doesn't leave for Auburn, he probably slides into Billy High's job. I mean, he obviously is qualified because he's going to basically do Billy High's job at Auburn. So, you know, an SEC school that recruits at the highest level. So obviously he's uh, qualified. So that's why that's pretty significant. And so, um, so yeah, so so you don't even have a guy, I don't think, in that office that can just slide in. You're gonna have to go probably outside to get get someone. Yeah, and it's a big time for recruiting now. A lot of junior days, you're kind of establishing and laying the foundation for your 2023 class. So as we speak, Mac Brown's probably you know interviewing and, and trying to figure out who he's gonna bring in for for multiple roles uh, mm-hmm. along the recruiting staff. That is an important note uh, to speak about any any news there in terms of where they go or any any no, idea I mean, it's how that process like, work do you, do you find someone in another school bring someone from like a power uh, you know group of five school or from another program how's that work you think so it's still such a new position you know as you know really the last i don't know within the last 10 years maybe even more than that you know it has become uh, more of an important position you know, you know really colleges you know at least at the power five level have basically mimicked nfl roster NFL, I guess, staffs as far as, you know, I mean, Billy's title was general manager. And yeah. so, I mean, and NFL teams have, have had general managers forever. So, um, but because it's still kind of new, it's still a lot harder to find information. You know, just to kind of look at how Mac Brown found Billy high, he initially wanted to uh, hire Patrick. Uh, I think it's pronounced uh, Sudis who's at Georgia tech. And he actually worked with Mac Brown at Texas. Uh, Sudis was is very comfortable in Atlanta because he's from Atlanta, um, and uh, yeah, obviously his family there. And that's what I think. Bas- same same thing that why Billy left um, UNC to go to Tennessee. And so, but anyway, so um, Sudis was like, "Hey, you know, I'm 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 cool in Atlanta, um, but while I was at Auburn, I worked with this guy Billy High. I think he's." an up and comer. He's going to do great things. And so um, Mac obviously interviewed, liked him, hired him sort of thing. I would suspect that Mac reaches out to people and probably even Billy Hyde to say, who, who are, who are you most impressed with who you feel like could do this job? And that's probably where he's going to get his list of candidates. Great. And Billy Hyde, I did a podcast with him. So if you want to figure out kind of what he does, Go back and listen to that podcast. I linked it on my Twitter back uh, when he when that news broke, which I think was Saturday. Um, check out that podcast. Uh, and then another general manager that we know, it has been a guest on this show. Do you know who? Who? Barton Simmons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A friend of the Scoop podcast, Barton Simmons is the general manager at Vanderbilt after leaving the media. Uh, and leading the scouting recruiting department at 24-7 Sports to, to take the same role that kind of Billy does um, at, at UNC and now Tennessee. He does it at um, at Vanderbilt. So we know both Power 5 schools in Tennessee. We know the general managers personally. Yes, we've we interviewed them. There we go. Yeah. All right, moving on. Um, junior Day. Let us know, Don, how, how, the, how the Junior Day went, what names we should know, and what these days are like because they coincide with home – basketball games and it's a chance to kind of get this class going for not only 2023 but also um 2024 and so on or i guess i guess just 2023 right junior day yeah there was 24s there okay yeah i mean um jaden davis 2024 quarterback that unc has offered he was there 
Um, okay. But yeah, the majority of the guys there are, are 2023s. Um, although one of their transfer targets, I guess he wasn't part of the junior day stuff, but he's, he went to the basketball game. He was on an official visit. That's um, Spencer um, Rowland mm-hmm. I'm talking about. But um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a, a large group, but there were definitely some offered guys there, which is significant, you know, such as Sullivan Absher, who's an offensive in-state offensive lineman that I think he's not ranked right now, but I think he's going to be ranked pretty highly once uh, he is ranked. Tony Rojas, another guy who's not ranked, but UNC's offered, and I think he'll be ranked pretty highly. He's from a linebacker from Virginia. We ran a ran an update from his visit uh, today. We're we're recording on Wednesday. Also had an update on um, Desmond Umo Uma Zulu, who's a defensive end from Maryland, four star guy. Um, ran an update on him on Monday. Rico Walker, four star in state edge rusher guy. He um, I talked to him a little bit. We'll have an update on with him. Um, and, and I guess within the week, so he was there. So it was a good group of guys, not very large, but UNC's junior days, well, UNC's junior days that, that coincide with a basketball game typically aren't very large. And that's because the, the football team does not receive unlimited tickets to the basketball game. So they have to be pretty selective on who they invite. And so um, UNC will have another junior day. The 29th, is that the NC State basketball game? Yeah, and I've seen some stuff about that. So that is, I'm not sure if yeah. it's NC State, but that's the next one. That would probably be the, um, probably be a little bit yep. larger, but it's not going to be a huge junior day size-wise just because of, of you know, it, those guys are going to be going to a ba- the basketball game and t- tickets are limited. Yes, so what we, we talked we talk, we talk about this a little bit off-air about how the class is going to go in 2023 and um, you know, you're, you're kind of seeing signs of, of how it's going to go and, and who they have momentum with. Can you speak to, to kind of what you think so far, given uh, the Intel you've received about the 2023 class and what you can say about it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's going to take a little bit of time, I think for the, for the staff to get rolling with some of these guys, you know, with, with the season that just, they just had last year. And then with the changes, you know, a lot of these um, defensive recruits that UNT has offered have really good relationships with with Jay Bateman. Rico Walker actually mentioned that to me. I didn't even know Rico Walker had had uh, had that close relationship with Bateman, but he mentioned he did. Um, and there's a couple of other guys, Chris Peel, uh, Chris Culliver, um, uh, Grant Tucker, really close with Bateman. So so obviously you have to reestablish relationships with either Warren or Chiswick or whoever it may be. And that's going to take a little bit of time, um, you know. But uh, you, I think we'll know a lot more after we come out of this month, after we you know, see who comes to that last junior day, because, because the, the crazy thing about the, the NCAA recruiting calendar is that the whole month of February is a dead period. So basic, so no visits during that time. And so um, it's going to, you're going to have a better idea of where you stand with a lot of these recruits by that point and then kind of zero in a little bit better and, and increase efforts if you must uh, in, in the months of uh, March, April, and May. Okay. And UNC has one commitment right now. Mm-hmm. Quarterback, Tad Hudson. Tad Hudson. So they're kind of done with quarterbacks in this class. Um, and, and so it's kind of wide open. And that's why the next um, podcast we're going to record, we'll get into the 2023 class uh, more extensively. I'm going to start learning these names, who the main targets are, who the realistic, realistic targets are, um, needs, wants, um, and kind of where UNC stands with a lot of those. So that'll be the next um, Scoot podcast. And that also will align with the top five of your top five targets for the 2023 class. For those UNC football recruiting junkies, you should kind of already be in on this class and know the big names that UNC is going after. How is the class in the state of North Carolina right now? How I know like last year was as talented, but 21 was super talented. How would you rank this one, um, this class? So it's it's going to be better than last class for sure. Um, as of right now, it's not super deep. There are um, sorry, my my screens are going all crazy. Um, there, um, it, it's I, I'd say top fifteen are are all really good players. You don't have like a um, a Travis Shaw. But um, you have a lot of really good players that, you know, like K.J. Sampson and Noah Rogers are definitely 
top 100 players, in my opinion, top 100 players in the nation, in my opinion, but I don't see the depth that I've seen in, in prior classes. So it's not going to come anywhere close to the historic, what was that, the 2021 class. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff there. All right. So junior day 2023 class. Let's get into um, any transfer news. UNC, like you mentioned, had a, um, a visit this weekend from Spencer Rowland at a Harvard. Since the time when we last recorded, UNC's added some transfers. Um, they added Corey Gaynor, center from Florida, and Noah Taylor, a outside linebacker, edge rusher from Virginia. Can you speak to those two guys and what you know about those, those recruitments and how that went and how you see them fitting in at UNC? Yeah, so, so prior to the dead period, the, those two plus um, got the name, the DB, um, from transfer, well, transfer. He was a a freshman All American at Kansas. Transferred to South Carolina, oh. then ended up leaving South Carolina. Uh, uh, Purdy, um, uh, Karen Purdy. Um, he they those three officially visited the weekend prior to the dead period. They moved on. UNC moved on from Purdy, but then pushed forward with uh, Taylor and with Gainer. And obviously scored their their commitments, and those guys have already enrolled at North Carolina. You know, Gainer is going to be a guy who's going to compete immediately for playing time at center. You know, I did in I don't even know what weekly scoop it was. Um, one of the more recent, well, actually the, the weekly scoop after he committed, kind of broke down his game, got some thoughts from our our Miami uh, beat writer on Gainer, and then also you know went through some of his um, grades from on. Um, pro football fo focus and compared it to North Carolina's returning centers. And that gives you a good idea of just, you know, what North Carolina is getting. I kind of did the same thing with, with Noah Taylor and also talked to the, the UVA or beat writer for 24 um, seven sports. Uh, you know, he fits better in Bateman's system. You know, we talked about earlier about how guys are going to have to either move to defensive end or outside linebacker. He's going to be one of those guys we're going to have to figure out, is he, do you bulk him up and put him at defensive end or do you stand him up and, and leave him at outside linebacker? So he kind of fits into that sort of role. The good news is, so he played, you know, odd front, you know, stand up um, defensive end sort of role at UVA. Um, but he actually dropped into coverage a lot, a lot more than what, what Bateman did with his outside linebackers. So he probably, if, if I had to, you know, handicap this, the, the better odds would definitely be on him kind of, playing that outside linebacker role just because of his experience on the on you know the college level at, at an ACC school you're dropping into coverage okay and are there any other um tar transfer targets that we need to know of Spencer Rowland um was he a grad he'll be a grad transfer he's graduating from Harvard in May I think I read so he'll be looking to roll at, at his school uh in June and then play one more year uh for the 2022 season UNC needs Depth. So he's is he a center? Or is he? No. Well, he, I mean, he's. I think he played tackle at Harvard. Okay. Um, he's a little bit on the lighter side, at least for you know a power five level lineman. So yeah. I mean, and, and but I mean, could he have gained weight since since Harvard weighed him last? Maybe their their measurables are outdated. Yeah, that's certainly mm -hmm. possible. Um, so, so he so he could play tackle or, or guard, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I would assume tackle. I'll have to talk to him. He's not big on doing interviews. So it's, you know, I get a couple questions in with him and, and uh, so I'll have to check in him with, with on that. But the other name to mention, to mention is uh, Tyler Steen, who actually oh. is currently, well, I guess not currently. He, pl he played the, pl the, the past season. We mentioned Barton Simmons. He played at his school, you know, Vanderbilt. So he was, um, Started 36 games at Vanderbilt over three seasons. Position? He, he is a um, – he's offensive lineman. Um, I don't know if he was what – I'd have to look into to see what position exactly he played. But he's offensive lineman. Obviously, North Carolina is looking for, for some, um, you know, uh, I guess experienced depth along the offensive line with, with how much they've targeted that position in the transfer portal. But the problem with him, with, with a lot of these guys, is that – he has a lot of suitors and North Carolina is kind of just trying to position them themselves properly to score an official visit, which is key. You know, we kind of saw it with the um, 
Antoine Wells kid who North Carolina offered a wide receiver played at James Madison and um, was it James Madison? I think it was James Madison. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it was a matter of South Carolina was able to get him to officially visit that lone weekend. He, he truly had, he scheduled an official visit in North Carolina, but then realized I just don't have time to take this official visit and enroll in the spring semester at a college. So he had to, basically just kind of stick with the school that he officially visited. And right. so, so a lot of these things is, is just, you know, beating people to the punch and making sure that you get these visits, you're operating within a small window, you know, re- high school recruiting is a multi-year process where you're establishing relationships. This is the complete opposite. You have to establish a relationship really, really quickly because you're dealing with a very small window. Okay. A lot of information there. So two uh, offensive linemen, uh, targets still kind of out there. Spencer Rowland from Harvard and Tyler Steen, uh, offensive lineman out of Vanderbilt. Okay, I think that's it, Don. Anything else? We've covered a lot of ground. Spent a lot of time on Chiswick and Warren, uh, Billy High. And so we'll, we'll wait news on, on what UNC does to replace Billy High. Um, and, of course, we'll track Chiswick and Warren's recruitment, um, re- recruiting uh, as you know January turns into February. Anything else, Don? No, I think we covered a, a lot. You know, there's a lot that we had to cover since our last recording. So, yeah, we probably missed something and whatever it is, I don't know what it is. All right. Next podcast will be a complete breakdown of UNC's top targets in 2023 class. Get your top five into Don on Twitter over Inside Carolina direct messaging or on email Don at InsideCarolina.com. That's your top five. Um targets wants needs in the 2023 class go through it and, and pick who you who you really want that's realistic all right Dom, that's it for us appreciate you listening shout out to johnny t-shirt remember to rate review and subscribe and subscribe to inside carolina podcast subscribe to inside carolina youtube we appreciate you listening okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.